1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Mike Burris and this is Straight Talk. Ivan Cleary presented his son the Clive Churchill medal, moments after the heart-stopping 2021 grand final win against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the loud cheers of the crowd faded into the background. It was a surreal moment for the Penrith Panthers coach, who just a year ago was recovering from their premiership loss against the Melbourne Storm. And it was a surreal moment for the Penrith faithful back home at the foot of the mountain in Western Sydney, for a young NRL coach like Ivan To go up against arguably one of the game's greatest coaches, Wayne Bennett, at his 10th grand final appearance and come out on top is evidence there is glory for those who back themselves. Ivan and I talk about shifting the narrative from a 2020 loss to bringing home a win for Western Sydney and the interesting father-coach relationship dynamic with his son, Nathan. So it's time for No Bullshit with Ivan Cleary. I'm Cleary. Welcome to Straight Talk, mate. Thanks, Mark. Uh, pretty stoked to be here, I must say. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, we go back a while, a long while. I mean, you, you're a, an ex-rooster mm. amongst other clubs, an ex-rooster. <laughs> good mate a lot of – we've got a lot of good mates in common too, you know, like uh, Rico and Freddie and all the boys. And um, and it's actually, to be honest with you, it's a, for me, I feel like it's a big privilege to be sitting here opposite you. Um, you're a bit of a giant killer this year. <laughs> Twenty twenty one. Yeah, you were a giant killer. That, I mean, that's the bottom line. For yeah. Me. Well, well, that yeah, that's kind of that's kind of cool. Uh, I feel, as I
0: said, really ha- happy to be here. Um, uh, yeah, it's been a a, a pretty cool journey. Um, this year has been yeah amazing, a lot of fun, um, crazy. Yeah, just we're just saying it. Just come back from Queensland. Four months in Queensland. Who would have thought? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Uh, but
1: uh, yeah, win the win the big prizes, is um, yeah, it was just awesome. Now you've always been you're uh, all right, you're understated. I mean you, t- I mean, and you are it's totally understated and um and to some extent un- unassuming. Um, you you've never been like a, you're not the big garrulous guy. Um, you sort of get yapping away. Um, you're not that's your your style. But I I want to say this to you, and this is what st- stood out for me. In a coaching point of view, not your team. You beat Bellamy, you beat Bennett, then you presented your son with a medal. Like, fuck, that's like, you must have felt like you just climbed to the top of the mountain.
0: Yeah, I, I've had a few people ask about that, you know, how, how did it feel? And um, just on the, on the presenting that uh, Nat with the medal, like, it, it still feels surreal. Like it, lit, it felt like a dream. Because, yeah. I number one, I, I don't think the coach normally does it because um, Clive Churchill's widow normally presents it because it was in Queensland. And so I didn't even know that I was doing that until just before it happened. So I thought, okay, oh, okay, giving, presenting the medal, so it must be, must be one of our boys, you know. Um, and Scott Sattler was there uh, and he actually said, oh, you're presenting Nathan with the medal. And I said, oh, well, I, I don't know who's getting it. He goes... No, no, no. You, uh, and I was like, yeah, wow. Anyway, I go up on stage and they're just about to announce the winner. And I still, and I knew it, but I still thought maybe they're going to say someone else. And then when they said his name, then I saw his face and he comes up. It was just, it was, it was like, I haven't seen the footage of it. So I don't know what it looks like. But coming out of my eyes, it was, it was like a dream. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I must. And and what is like? I, don't, I just can't imagine how you and Nathan must inter, interact. Like, uh, what does he say? Like, I mean, what do you what do you, do you talk about this shit? Or are you just sort of it is part of the business and what you guys do. You play footy, you coach footy, and
0: uh, yeah, um, yeah. We've we've never really spoken about it since. At the time, we just sort of you just looked at each other and just was like, can you believe this? You know, um, and I could just see how how happy he was because I I see how much work he puts in and um, I think a lot of our relationship is we we talk but we also don't talk you know what I mean so we I think we have a bit of a you know a a spirit that we share or something that um, yeah we just kind of get each other and um, I think that yeah that that helps a lot because you know like we as I said we talk but if you talk all the time there's just stuff that we don't need to talk about you know
1: and Does I, Nathan live at home with you? No.
0: No, he moved out uh, a couple of years ago. Okay. So, so yeah. it's, it's, it's more business then? Like a- um, I don't know. Like we've had a, we've got a really close relationship, but because, since he's moved out, but I see him every day, right, at work. Um, and I've just, what I've noticed this year is because he's captain and he's starting to talk more and stuff that he says, I'm like, he's taken that in without me realising it, you know, over the years. Yeah, like he and I'm um, thinking that's really cool. So that's what I mean. Boy, we don't always have to talk about stuff,
1: um, but it, we're we're on the same wavelength. Here. It's funny. It looks like to me, and, and looking from afar, um, but it's like you have um, your connection is not through talking. Um, it's nearly like you. <laughs> you look like peas in a pod to me. Like you, you sort of have a. I don't want to get too weird, but like a sort mm. of spiritual connection, like uh, as in a proper father son relationship outside of employer, employee, or coach, you know, player, it seems like you've got something else going on there. Would you, do you think that? Do you think you've got something else going on?
0: Yeah, I think, I think. like I'm a, again, I don't want to get too weird here, either, but um, I think connection. Fuck is, it, let's
1: get weird. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Connection's an amazing thing. It, yeah. it's, it's its own, like, a little energy source, you know. And um, So we value family, really, you know, really strongly. Um, my wife and I, we've got four kids and, you know, we're, um, you know, we really value it, um, put a lot of time into it. Um, and I, I think, yeah, like this is – I'm going to go off a bit of a tangent, but um, we all saw how great uh, Tom Dvojevic played this year. Yeah. Right? Just off the charts. But one thing I did notice, when he started playing – when he came back and started playing for Manly, his brother Jake, uh, who's a great player, all of a sudden his, his game went to an, another level. And other guys in that team, and it's just like, man, it's not only is this guy a great player, but – there's some sort of connection going on there where everyone just lifts up. And I, I so I think that as I, I really believe in that stuff. And as I said, some of the stuff that Nathan started talking about this year, it's like, well, he's taken in all that stuff from not just, you know, the last couple of years, but growing up that Beck and I, my wife, have kind of spoken about, instilled, valued, which is really cool when you think, oh, he actually has taken all that in without talking about it so much, but that's now coming out. So.
1: It's just you know, like I, I'm. I'm really curious about this. I and mean, if you don't mind me sort of just yeah. digging in a little bit, but a lot of the younger coaches, and let me put Freddie in there as an origin coach, Robbo. Um, as opposed to the old ones, <laughs> um, I saw a lot of you guys when you are younger playing, and um, you're all you're you're sort of a a product of a, a period of time as individuals, you were very sensitive. I don't mean sensitive in a um, sort of soft sense. I mean sensitive in the sense that you, were, um, you, you, could, you had good senses about you, understood things, and uh, you're a little bit um, left of field. Rob a bit left of field in the way he thinks, in, in his process of thinking. Freddie definitely is, but nonetheless effective. You were part of that whole group. I mean, there was a few others, few others of you who were in actually in the Rooster side. There was a few of you in that, in that team. Um, but, but you had a little – a different way of thinking that I observed, um, different to my generation, um, definitely different to Nick Politis' generation too. Like we always talked about it. You guys are quite thoughtful, played well together. You mix really well together. Now otherwise, so you guys coach, it's sort of – coaching is about connections. You know, like, then, like everyone used to always say, you've got to get players who want to play for the coach. Um, the question is, how does the coach get them to want to play for him? Um, and that's about how do I connect? Ben it's a good connect, always been a good connect, but does it probably differently to everybody else. Um, Bellingham is probably the same. Um, how do you connect beyond Nathan, but how do you connect with your players? Do you pick, do you have a different connection with each one or would you sort of stylize it for the group? Yeah, I.
0: Uh well, I think the biggest uh, biggest job that I have is to create an environment uh, where people can succeed. I guess uh, both in individually and collectively. Um, so my jobs, the number one role in my job is to win, win games. Like, I'm a professional coach. I'm in a professional, you know, sport. So, you know, you'd know it. Like, it's all great to. You know, play awesome and all, look great and all, but you got to win. That's the yeah. idea. <laughs> so the environment, I feel like that's my biggest role is to create a winning environment. Um, but I just also happen to to believe in to be able to win. Um, it's got to feel good and safe, and people have got to like going to work. And you know, it's like if if I if I thought it was, it was and I'm not a dictator, I'm not a micromanager. I'm, not, I'm just not that sort of person. Whereas probably a good way to explain it is when I was down in my periods in my coaching career when I was down on confidence or I would sometimes look at guys that are like seen to be dictators or,
1: you know,
0: aggressive yellers, all that kind of stuff, and think, wow, maybe that's what I have to be like. You know, maybe I'm just not going to – maybe I'm just going to go okay but never really hit the heights. Like, you know, when you're down, you kind of doubt yourself and that. But, uh, you know, I feel like, yeah, no it's not my way. like. Yeah, I just I like to create an environment that's yeah people can be themselves they can they can turn up, but you got to win. So to be able to win now, uh, yeah, it feels feels good. That um,
1: do you, but do you when you say you got to win, is it is it is it also about? I, I look I, when you guys came on the second half in the grand final. I just watched the way pandas ran on compared compared to the bunnies, and uh, and then I saw um. Lou a few times when he got the ball, he sort of, sort of jumped in the air like a rat, like he, he like he came out with this massive amount of energy. Um, it seems like to me that you've created this super energetic ball within your group. I don't know whether it's because they're all young guys or because they've all played with each other in the past. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe you can tell us. But they just come out extreme. They always come out extremely energetic, and look, they look like you just said having fun. Or is there just a couple of individuals? I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, it's a bit of both, I think, a bit of everything. Um uh Jerome was probably a good example where um a couple of years ago, uh with a young guy, Matty Burton, in our team who's played in the centers this year and's gone to the dogs, like there was probably a big question mark of who should play 5'8 with Nathan, and there were plenty of people telling me that Matt Burton should. Um, and that's probably fair enough, but I I always thought Jerome should because one, the connection they have, um, and the other thing is Jerome is a connector. He's, he's just a guy that he's got to be in the team somewhere because he's, that's exactly what he does. He bounces around. He's full of energy. He's, you know, confident, and, and it's like that's what, you know. Uh, the great Bill Belichick, um, Patriots coach in the NFL, it says it's not so much about the players you have but how they fit together, and I've always – yeah, that's I've kind of always believed in that. So that's, um, and Jerome's one of those guys. So it's it's as much about what you're trying to create, but it's also about getting some balance in your team, different personalities, and yeah, and, and uh, that's a, that's not a just one size fits all. It's like a and you, it, it's a bit of a journey. You got to, oh, well, that's working. That's not, you know, hey, we we look better when he's playing, or <laughs> you know. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's just and it's always moving. So.
1: Is it, yeah. Do you um, draw back on your own football career in terms of players that you played with and try and say, well, I wouldn't mind getting that type of player, and Nat Wood in the side or, you know, I mean, that type yeah. of player, you know, I mean, not, not Natty, but you know what I'm saying. Well, We all know that Wood. Everyone in is a Nat <laughs> Wood, so I agree with that. Um, but, I mean, do, do you go back to your own playing career and say, look, this really worked when I played because we had that person there, that person there. As characters, you know, and characteristics. Do you ever fall back on that, or you just play what's in front of you at the moment?
0: No, no, I definitely go back. It's funny, like when you when I was playing, I wasn't thinking like that. You know, I wasn't thinking at all as a coach. I I I'd played my whole career without thinking I was really ever going to be a coach. I thought thought maybe I could be, but I wasn't planning for it. I wasn't thinking about it. But I definitely look back now and go. Yeah, there's there's just stuff that happens between some teams that is special, you know, and it's definitely about the people, you know, and yeah. their characteristics and how they fit in and, and who does what and the joker in the team or the, you know, the just the the X factor guy, but he's got to have a um, a real stable kind of dude next to him or you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's, it's it, that's one of the best things about coaching for, for me is that it's trying to get that whole mix right and, and see it, yeah, and, and, and trying to get it to work. And when it works well, it's
1: like this is, this is cool. So how long do you think – because, you know, Penrith, have they've built over the last, say, 10 years or eight years, for example. How long do you think it takes to actually to put a side together?
0: Yeah, it's uh, well, I've done uh, – that was pretty much all I knew in terms of coaching. I've done three re- rebuilds or started, started three. So uh, that's all. I probably until the last couple of years, I've always just – that's what I've done. So um, in many respects, I was never necessarily – I always wanted to like win the, win, win the competition, but I was more about, you know, realistically, just trying to, trying to build something here. We're trying to find – so um, I think, you know, you get back to the environment, you've got to have a bit of a – I think you've got to set some sort of um, vision around – you know, what you're trying to do. And then so straight away, the, whoever you're going to recruit has got to kind of fit into that. So that's a bit of character stuff. And uh, and then, yeah, it, I wouldn't put a year figure on it because sometimes you'll just get it and it'll all, it'll all work together. Um, the beauty we had at Penrith was we had some, you know, guys that have been playing together since they were like 15. So Nathan and Jerome Luai, they've been playing together since I was 15, like a seven and six partnership, two totally different guys. They Play different, they you know, they're from different backgrounds, they act different, but they work. Yeah, you know? um, sometimes you can just that happens, uh, other times, yeah, you can get all these great players, and yeah, that guy's an awesome winger, he does this, this, but it's just doesn't quite, yeah, it doesn't quite
1: gel together. But, so, because when I look at Toho, like, like he's the perfect for some reason, he's just a per, apart from his skill, but the perfect character to be on the wing in your side. Like, I mean, anyone would have him, but. I'm just saying, like, he looked like he came out of nowhere. I don't know where the hell he came from. He just sort of arrived <laughs> one day and uh, next thing I know I've got this bloke. He's not that big. Yeah. Bowling bloke's over left, right and centre um, in the origin side, you know, close to probably one of the better wingers in the whole comp for the whole year, Um, even though, you know, he's in the winning side, of course. But still, even if he wasn't in the winning side, you he, he would have to say he's one of the better wingers of the whole year. Yeah, he's a great story. So he,
0: he debuted, um, busy we call him, um, Halfway through two thousand and nineteen to so two and a half years ago, we were like rock bottom like we we lost uh, maybe six games in a row or something. We were basically on the bottom of the ladder it was I'd just returned back to the club. It was just going south like really David him in a game against the warriors at home at Penrith Park, and um, there was a period there during this, during the game, I thought because we were going that bad, and he just looked out on his feet like. 20 minutes into the game and I thought oh my god I've I've, I've thrown him into the walls he's not ready you know <laughs> anyway we played again the next week and we won the game he played well we won seven games in a row and since that point we've been on this basically been on this winning streak if you like and he has been one of the reasons for it he's not only a great player he's unbelievably positive energetic fun same guy every day
1: so tough, players through injuries. Yeah, he's been like – But do you use him to inspire others? I mean, do you actually fight, f- pull people out – I don't mean literally, but like have people out there who sort of uh, uh, it's on their shoulders that others can rise? I mean, do you think he's one of those sort of players that others go, wow, I feel better because he's here? Oh, for sure. But we don't necessarily, you know, make a point of that so much. Um,
0: you know, we, we try and find each other's stories and that kind of thing, but he's just – yeah, he definitely – When he's when he's around, everyone's feeling good, just feeling good because he's just good company too. You know, honestly, simply, just good company. He rocks in the building every day, um, smile on his face. You know, says good day to everyone. He's just just good to have around, and he makes you look better as a coach on the weekends.
1: How 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 do you (laughs) uh, 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 you just made an interesting point, which I've sort of observed in other teams, in in particular one. Um, Sometimes you can have blokes in the team that. Great talent, that can be a real fucking problem, um, and uh, and to some extent it's, it works. But be- I mean, as, as hard as it is, it makes, works better if you can sort of weed them out. I don't mean it that- I'm not saying they're weeds, but like sometimes it's better to take the hit and not have them in that side, even though you'll miss something they can do in the game. Because overall, they they can have a negative effect on that on your t- on your side. Have you been through those periods, and have you reckon you have got the the right gang now?
0: Definitely been through those periods. Uh, I think anyone who's got to try and rebuild a club, um, the biggest problem problems again, that's not a per, that's not personal. That's just yeah. are always the better players. Because if they're not they're not better, if they're not great players or you know the, the higher end of the pay scale, it's pretty easy to weed them out. It's the ones that are maybe maybe the best player or the highest paid or up there somewhere who, who's been at the club for a long time. They're, they know all the right people in the club. Intimately, normally. They've worked them. Yeah, so super hard to do. And you know there's going to be criticism coming from – and it's really, really hard. There's going to be some of these people in the club that are looking at you going, well, does this guy really know what he's doing? And yeah. 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 Um, and that's difficult. That's really difficult. Um, I'm sure there's stuff like that that goes on in business like all the time. Always. With staff and, yeah. And like I said, if, if, if they weren't that good, it's not a problem. <laughs> it's, yeah. So – Going back to the, some of the clubs that we're talking about at the moment, that's, they're the question marks that will come. They've signed guys, whatever club, signed guys on big money and that. You know, will they fit into what the coach wants? Um, they'll, say, they'll say they will, but when, when push comes to shove, will they? Don't know. Back to the other question about our gang right now, well, we've got a good thing going because everyone's on board. Um, I think part of that's the cult, the the culture, but part of that's the, the people and the type of people they are. And it's easier too when you can see that you're getting success and everyone knows their role and, hey, my job's valued and if I do this well, you know, not only is it good for me, but the team's winning, so that helps too. So you get a bit of momentum there.
1: Is, is it as simple as, I mean, I know an Origin, I don't know an Origin, I'm not a coach, but I mean I'm, I've been around Origin long enough now to – see what coaches say, they, you know, they don't have, have them for long enough but they're a team of champions So they just say, well, your job is this. your job is and everyone's got a job, they go out and do the job. Um, is your – and then sometimes you hear the, the, the commentators say that, you know, everyone has a job and they go out and do the job. Is it that simple before the game? Uh, not usually.
0: No. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a building process. Probably like that in, in a rep team, though, I think. Yeah. Um, but again, uh, that's still, that'd still be a skill to be able to – get all these great players to – they're still going to have to buy into some sort of vision, some sort of team thing where they accept that, okay, because they might do something completely different for their club team or, you know, they might have an agent telling them or, you know, a family or a friend or whatever, like, what, why is he doing this? What, you know, it's better when this you – know, better for you if they do this, you know. So
1: do you have to compete against that? Yeah, that definitely happens. And how do you manage that?
0: Yeah. How, what do you do? So we always try and talk about the – you know, in – Let's keep it now. The internal reference points are the, the key ones here, the external ones, which is so hard because we're talking about family members and and, and people that are close to them who, who all they want is the best for their Yeah, totally. For their kids or their, you know, their client or cousin or whoever it is. Um, yeah, it's it's not easy. It's a it's a it's a real um, journey, it's a trust thing. Um, you got I think at the end of the day you've got to show over time that you care about the, the the player, and you know, yes, this is going to be good for the team, but that will be good for you as well. And you know, you can't bullshit people over time if they know that you know, you haven't got their best interests, or that's when they start gravitating to what Uncle Joe's saying, or yeah, you know. But if Uncle Joe's can see, I oh, don't know, I think you know, I, I think the coach or the club or whoever is, you know, they're, they're real people, they're you know, they want what's best, but man, it's a yeah, it's not always that simple
1: if the is doing well. That usually tells me that the the relationship between the coach, coaching staff, because it's always more than just the coach, it's coaching staff, and say the administration of the the club—that's the board and all the CEOs and all that other sort of stuff—it um, has to be good too. I mean, if it because I mean I've seen, I've seen great clubs. And I'll be honest, with you, like I, I don't mind naming Ken Banks and they, I mean they're a great they have been a great club in the past. Um, they're, they're a great organization, but. There's always seems to be – they seem to do, do worse when the, the administration's getting involved in football matters. How do you manage that process? Um, you know, I'm the coach. Ivan Cleary, you're the coach. How do you deal with that? Like make sure that works out properly and everybody's not trying to tell you what, how to run the fucking game, you know? Yeah, uh, that's,
0: that's a challenge. And through my, my, you know, years and different teams I've coached and- it's, it tends to all be different. Mm. Um, when I first started coaching at the Warriors back in 2006, I had a guy a guy called John Hart. Who your listeners New Zealand listeners will definitely know who John is. An ex all back coach. Yep. He was um, he, he was absolutely critical for me. He he was he was employed by the club, but he was sort of like a um, um, yeah a bridge between myself and the uh, you know and the owner and the board was more the own, like a private owner it's a private owned club over there so it was more about the owner CEO and so he would kind of he'd just look after that for me pretty much and I say to you know, I just think any young co- any, any coach who starts you know, as an interim, they need someone like that because when you get signed as a coach the board loves you you're their man you've been you know and and, and everyone's got the best intentions and but it, there might be some personalities or you know like usually on boards and owners and mm there's some strong personalities there. I actually feel like the, the head coach almost needs to be the strongest personality because he's the one who's accountable for the results. Like at the end of the day, with no one else, if your team's not winning, yeah, the guess guy. who gets looked at. Totally. You know? And it's when you start – when you lose a few games or things aren't going so great, every, everything changes. You know? And that's when you find out if, if they've got support for you. So again, I'll go back to the Panthers. I was – Brought back there, you know, in a, a couple of years ago, and uh, we weren't going well. And I got, I felt total support from the, from the board at that point. And as I said, we've been able to, you know, dig our way out. And that's when you find out. Like it's easy to support someone when you're winning and going well. Yeah. But it's when you're struggling or not going so well. That's when you find out how much support you got.
1: I, I grew up in the West Suburbs but not as far out as Penrith. Um, but I know. It's a big deal, especially with COVID, how the west suburbs are sort of looked at during the COVID period. How important was it for the Penrith area to win this comp? Yeah, pretty, from what I've
0: seen, pretty, uh, yeah, very important. Um, we, you know, we, we really feel the community, like that's our, that's sort of our thing, you know, yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the, the Penrith community and that, the western sort of corridor, the foot of the mountains, all that, it's a big area and. They look towards the city differently. Uh, you know, I come from the Northern Beaches. Of, so I play for the Roosters, so I, I kind of get beaches, eastern suburbs. Then I went out to Penrith and it was like, wow, this is, this is really different, you know. Um, they definitely, I wouldn't say having an inferiority complex, but they, you know, they just look differently back into the, the big part of town. You know? um, Ready to pop the question? But they, they are just passionate about their area and their footy team. I've just seen when the team's going well, the whole, the whole place just lifts up. They all can all stand up a bit straighter and be proud of, you know, be proud of their community. And we talk a lot about that with the boys. And we're up there in Queensland and um, just to see how much just, you just f- feel through, you know, different forms of communication, whether it's emails, photos, whatever, videos. Wow, everyone's like really into this. Um, and then when we won, just the the sites down at Mulgar Road that runs down Main Street of Penrith, um, and even since I've come back, like it, everyone is just that happy. It's it's so cool. Yeah. They,
1: well, they love big personalities. Um, in like the Penrith people love big personalities, big, especially big sporting personalities. It's a big deal for them. Like um, I sometimes I. When, the, if the Roosters are in the grand final, I, I just get, get a bit pissed off because I feel as though we don't get enough in this. So it was like sort of people a bit cool, you know, they, yeah. they're a bit too, I don't know what it is, but maybe got too many choices. I don't know what the answer is. But, but I was watching some of the stuff pre grand final in Penrith on television, of course, because it was COVID period, but I was watching it on television and it was magnificent. I, I just, I actually felt really good for him. I thought, how cool is this? Like it's really, really cool. And then I thought to myself, I mean, I don't know you guys have only just been able to come back more recently, but it would have been like uh, like um, Elton John arriving <laughs> in town or something, you know, like, like <laughs> they, they would have seen you guys as heroes. And because as you say that, I mean, I grew up in that area and I, I know that you do feel like inferior to everybody else. You do. You, really, you literally do. You don't feel like you're as good as well. You feel as though they, the other parts of Sydney don't think you're as good as them. You don't feel worse but you think they think less of you and, um, and there's a, a passion to prove them. Right. And then when someone like you guys come along and do it, it must've been an awesome feeling for them. It just must've been so, and it must've been fantastic for you to be part of it. Did you get, did you have like a parade or anything like that? Or did you do anything? No, it's coming Yeah, It's coming. In. It's coming in a couple of weeks. So that's,
0: yeah, that's, that's I hope everyone turns up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet you they <laughs> will. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it like everyone talks about – so Panthers first won the comp in 91 with like Brandy and Royce Simmons and MG and those kind of guys, Freddie. And then they won again in 2003. And everyone, you know, talks about those nights. They all remember stories about, oh, we were at Panthers and it was going mad. And, and so we've always had that kind of like, oh, geez, we'd love to do that again. You know, love to make that happen. And we've done it, but we, we weren't there, you know. <laughs> but we saw it, so – but it's – it's I don't know. There's just something – like sport transcends, you know, communities. And, you know, yeah. like – and I think because it was COVID as well and lockdown, footy, the footy team became this thing like, oh, every weekend's like, oh, that's what everyone looked forward to, you know. And I, I was just at this um, – I was at the Hawksby Racetrack yesterday just doing, you know, with some guys. And, and these guys were coming up and showing me videos of like at the moment when we won with their kids inside their house – and they're just like in tears, and it's just like it really hits you. Like, wow, this is we do something more than just you know we just it's game of footy, and it's our it's our work, and it's our livelihoods, and all that. But it's so much more, you know. It's yeah. it's pretty cool. Do your players get that? Yeah, um, I think they're probably all getting it more than ever now. Um, you talk about that little inferiority thing. A lot of our boys come from Mount Druitt that area, and there's definitely a bit of a chip on your shoulder there. Like, yeah, you know what? We're proud, and they're so proud of where they come from. Like, it is. And it's getting more and more like that, Um, and just like it, it provides a bit of strength, you know. And and we, yeah, we we play on that for sure. Like this is most of our guys live or come from the area or have been here, you know, for a long for a long time. And yeah, if we can provide a little bit of pride and and just happiness and strength to our community, just through
1: what we do, what we love doing, like not many people get to do that. So we said it right at the beginning. how you must have felt when um he put that medal around Roth um that medal around um the Clive Churchill medal around Nathan's head or his neck. Let me just flip back. How did you feel at the beginning of the year when he got caught out with that uh, TikTok thing? I mean, yeah. What do you do then? Yeah, I well that that was uh yeah that was a tough time because
0: I guess just take everyone back. That was at the time when there was like oh, Will the game go on? Because yeah. the game was actually stopped at that point. So there was a lot of people sort of saying, you know, this could, this could ruin the game. The whole game could stop because of him. Yeah. Because he, he <laughs> did this stupid TikTok thing with a couple of girls coming out of his house. Um, and I felt personally responsible because we made a bit of a mistake um, media-wise there. Um, without going into detail, definitely made a mistake there. Um, and it just became this big storm. And, um, and he, he was what twenty and twenty two at the time. Like uh, that was yeah, that was a pretty pretty uh traumatic. Is probably too be a word, but you know if 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 you feel like you're you're responsible for the game stopping, and that's what it was a bit. Looking back, it was a bit it's a bit of hysteria, really. But no, like it was a pandemic. No one knew what was going on. Yeah, there was a lot of weight for him to carry at that point. And as his, as his dad um, and our, our fam- family family. Yeah, that was that was uh that was difficult. But But if he wasn't Nathan Cleary, he probably wouldn't have been that bad. Oh, no, no, not at all. And that's that's something yeah. that he's he's still he still feels that every day. Like he's he's now become like he's he's good clickbait, whatever yeah. he does. On the yeah. field, off it, good, bad, whatever. Um, but Jesus made him grow up quickly. Um and the best thing about all that, that TikTok thing, all he's done since then
1: is succeed. It's a little bit worse because He's Nathan Cleary, but he's also Ivan Cleary's kid. I I think think so. Yeah, Yeah. and that—that's a uh,
0: again when things like that happen, you know, you you feel a bit of a burden thinking, well, you know, we wanted this to happen. You know, we wanted to to work together, Um, but it's just, yeah, it definitely shines a light on anything, you know, controversial or whatever you you might do. Makes it more brighter. There's a lot of people who give us such good feedback. Oh, it's so, so good to see that you're. You know the, the connection you guys have got and the relationship and all that, but there's also um, I don't want to sound like a dick, but it's, there's a level of envy there as well I think Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, so that's, yeah with, that's yeah they want to see the relationship fail. Well, yeah, there I, are people like that, unfortunately. yeah, yeah I think so, because probably their relationships aren't so good, so it's good to see, good to bring people down to get feel yourself come up a bit. that's just human nature, I think. and. With social media and the, the the platforms that are available to, you know, anyone who's
1: having a bad time or whatever. <laughs> well, we yeah. saw it with poor Mitch Piercy and uh, Wayne, like, a couple of years ago when he was at the Roosters, like, uh, over that incident, like, it was nothing. Mm. I mean, I mean, I know it was nothing because we saw the footage and everything, but they just nearly stamped him out of the game. Yeah. I mean, he got 12 weeks, ended up having to go off to a, a place to, you know, to... A rehabilitation place to sort of try to the alcohol just to prove that he was not not an alcoholic and they just – and you, you've seen how they give it to Piercy over the years at Origin. Like, yeah. You mate. must have thought to yourself when Nathan first started playing halfback, what's going on here? I mean, did you go through – I mean, and you, you would know Piercy. You'd, yeah. And you know the family. Yeah. You know they're all close. You know, Wayne's a great father, great bloke.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I, I- – I look at Mitchell Pearce and just think it's interesting. You know, you look retrospectively and just go, "Yeah, wow, that guy has been." You know, he's had some great times, obviously, but yeah, he's had some you know tough times. But the, like the attacks that he had to Origin, um, and that incident as well. How good was it when he played? Like he got a he got a chance to win an Origin series. Um, what was it two years ago? And that was because Nathan got injured. Hmm. Um, uh, and that was just I know that. Um, Mitchell's always been a great supporter of Nathan. Yeah. Like when, so when he was getting, you know, whenever he's been, you know, getting hammered for, he, he's reached out, which is, that's been so strong, such a good, that's so cool for Nat to get that from a guy who's who knows. Yeah. You know? Um, So, yeah, um, I, I honestly go, I sometimes look at Nathan and go, man, like, so the idea is to try and be as, as successful as you can be, but, Geez, that comes with the that comes with the price too. So I'd be totally yeah. All the parents out there who want their kids to be really good
1: at rugby league, and that, just be careful. <laughs> yeah, we have got to be careful. Get what you Can't wish wait. for, what, yeah, sure. Well, I, I guess what what I'd like to know is um a little bit about Ivan Cleary. So what do you do in your spare time? Like, what, I mean, what what sort of sort of makes you what ticks the boxes for you? And where? I mean, what are you like fifty now? Fifty? You, yeah. yeah, fifty years yeah. old. Um. So you're still a young man, um, yeah. You are, relatively speaking, um, and you, you know you've sort of done really well. You, you've sort of hit the most successful point that a person doing you, you you can do. But what do you do as a as a guy? Like, what's your deal?
0: Yeah, family's definitely important for me. So I always spend a lot of time, you know, with my family. I think my greatest achievement is my marriage. So that's sort of this thing that everything's been built built from um i mean yeah, again don't want to get too deep but i've been married to beck for 26 years uh and yeah so i spend a lot of time with her um but my my yeah i love to surf that's um uh that's something i so i'm involved in obviously team sports i love the team thing i love having a beer with with mates and family or whatever but i generally yeah i when I surf, I usually, I usually do it by myself. Oh, that's a bit Is of a-, a more meditational? Yeah, kind of, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely, that's when I get creative. Like often I'll, if I go for surf, I'll, I'll, I'll come up with an idea in an, in an hour about, say, footy or whatever, just from doing that and not going in there thinking about that. It'll just come out. Um, yeah, so that's probably the thing I like the most. I like playing golf and, you know, I've always been a sport guy. I'm, yeah, but probably golf. If I can play golf and serve and be with my family in that, I'm, I'll be happy.
1: <laughs> when you guys kick off again, but uh, you've got an extra stay, uh, extended period, haven't you, this year? Uh, yeah, the well, the,
0: support the players have. Yeah, so I'll get back into work in a couple of weeks. Um, it hasn't really left me, to be honest. It doesn't, these days, It it, it is just, yeah, non, it's nonstop. Yeah. And that's usually because of recruitment. So, seasonal finish, and there's some big decisions you've got to make. Um, before the start of the next year, I don't, I don't know what this has just happened where all of a sudden everyone's signing contracts twelve months out from when they finish. Yeah, that was like really rare back in the, in the day. Yeah, now it happens all the time, and it's like this cycle's just been brought forward. So when you want to just kind of chill out and go and have a holiday, hang on, you're making some of the biggest
1: calls. You're gonna it's open you, season. You got to yeah. make
0: yeah. And, and
1: and and I guess do you get involved in salary cap too? Because that's a thing all the time. Because you know there's obviously someone saying well. You know, you've only got that much to spend, Ivan. Like, don't – Yeah. I mean, you've got to be – because it's all very well, you might want to go and buy a Josh out of the car, but if he's going to cost you a million bucks, forget about it. Um, yeah. You can't buy – you just can't go and buy whoever. And you also, it's all about also who you're going to lose. Yeah. I mean, because you, you're thinking about next year, you know. mean yeah. yeah.
0: So I'm very very involved. We, we, have, a, we have a committee uh, in that sense, which um, some clubs would look at, look down upon, I think, because, like, there's too many people involved. But, you know, we, we run a pretty collaborative – um, ship out there uh, at the end of the day I'm usually the one that's got to make the final call on pretty much everything um, but I like to get you know my people that I trust their opinion cause I, and then we'll work it out so I'm across all that uh, where our cap fits, how it's looking um, with a great little system out there where we're always kept up to date because it just moves all the time we're also a team that's on the up so everyone's values are going up all yeah. the time so problem. yeah we've definitely got to look and
1: you know what we're going to lose guys, yeah, who are they going to be yeah and, so. and 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 I guess also you've got the uh, advantage also, but it's also it's a disadvantage in terms of time that you have to think about it is all the is is the nursery that you sit on you've got a massive nursery out there, it seems to me then you're completely committed and. Always thinking about football. It's, it looks like it dominates your life, apart from your family. Footy and family dominate your life. Yeah, would I mean, that be fair to say? That's that? fair. Yeah, yeah. It's and- um,
0: yeah, it's it's a it's a
1: uh, yeah, it's a twenty four seven kind of thing. I and mean, uh, everything else is a sideshow. But everything else you yeah. do is like outside family and footy. Just just not enough time to really commit to anything big. We might have a game of golf, go yeah. to surf. No, exactly. You always just you always just dreaming about the next
0: or the next window I can get, or you know. To be able to do that, um, but it's and as I said, often that's the, my best thoughts will come when I'm when I'm actually doing that. So it's you're, you know I'm one of those guys. It's probably the same as a lot of people. Oh, you know I've got to i got to
1: find time to do that. Oh, you know yeah. But you never do. <laughs> well, what would you like to do? What, what would you? Because yeah, I'm like that. I'm, I, there's some things I, I want to do, for example. And uh, but what's something? Have you? Is there something you would like to do? Um, I, I'll give you an example for me. When I was a kid, right up until year twelve, I played. Piano and um, and I you know I did did all the exams something like that and uh, and then I just stopped because I did it for my mother and then when I moved out of home and I was, as soon as I finished school I stopped playing piano and uh, and then when my mother got motor neuro disease a couple of years ago um, I was I was desperate to um, go and play her again the piece I played in my my year six six form um, uh, exams and it was the Hungarian Rhapsody. And, um, but I didn't get around to doing it. So, on my, let's call it bucket list is to go back and get a teacher who can take me back through the my piano years and get me back proficient at piano again. That's something I want to do, but I've never done it. I just keep talking about and thinking about it. Is there something like that in your mind? Ah, uh, Hungarian Rhapsody. That sounds pretty, that sounds pretty amazing. I've, that, I've no idea what that is, but yeah. that's sounds it's, it's it's a, pretty good. It's a beautiful piece of, um, um, sort of village style music. It's um but it's actually quite a beautiful piece of music and um, but it's quite fast and it's quite complex. I could play when I was seventeen <laughs> but uh, yeah. now my hand eye, my eye hand coordination probably is not the same it's and like uh, riding a bike wouldn't it be? Well, I can play bits of it, um, but but uh, but it's but I, I just want to do it for my mum. I just yeah. wanted to go back and surprise. Unfortunately, she passed away, but I mean, I still want to do it. And uh, But it's a bucket list type thing that for me to go and sit down and learn something, actually commit to it because I'm just so frigging busy, you know. I don't know how I – or are you replete? You're happy.
0: Uh, I'm happy for sure. Um, it would probably be to be able to – yeah, I mean, I've got a bit of a plan. To, we've got a bit of a plan to, to, to you know, live on the beach again. like, uh, And just, yeah, I, I did it a couple of years ago. It went COVID, right? So when we had six weeks off in the footy season last year. Um, and at that point, I was allowed to go to the beach. Well, there there's times when I couldn't go through just the rules of the NRL. but So I was basically, we go on the beach every day. And it was like, COVID's not good, but... This is pretty good, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, um, but I know I know I'd need a you know a purpose as well as well. So some someday if I could if I could just spend heaps of time down the beach, just um, and but still be able to have a a really uh, purposeful job and you know, affect people's lives and you know have a real because as you said, I'm thinking about footy all the time. It's like a so it's a bit of a driving factor. If I could just pull that back somehow and still be able to have that kind of drive and um, purpose, but be able to have some downtime and that as well, that would be nice one day. <laughs>
1: would you say you're obsessed with footy? No,
0: nah, nah, I don't think so. I don't think it's my life's purpose. It's not my life's work. Like, I'm Sorry, not work, but life's it's not my life's purpose. Yeah. So, yeah, you actually said before that, you know, because we've won the premiership, it's like well, I'm at the top of the tree in terms of the success you're looking for, but... I kind of think, you know, if we had lost that game, for example, does it really make me any less? Does that make me, just because we won that game with two points or we could have lost the week, previous week against the Storm, does that make me any worse, you know? I don't know. But <laughs> but it's just the way it's looked at, isn't it? It's like, you know, winning a, if you're going to be a coach, winning a premiership, especially as long as I've been doing it, you know, that's what you've got to do. And all of a sudden that that lists you in some level that,
1: Perhaps you weren't at. <laughs> it's funny, you know, when you say you're probably not obsessed, it's actually a good thing I think with players, young kids, because I think they can smell obsession and they, and I think it can be bothersome, uh, obsession. Like if you're the coach and you're obsessed and you're um, overcommitted and, uh, you know, maybe you send them texts all day long or some sort of weird stuff, um, you can fuck them up a little bit because a lot of them are just pretty easygoing people. They're not obsessed. And they're just playing the game. There's the young, the kids. A lot of them, I'm going to say, kids are men, but you know, they're not like. They don't see it quite the same as you or I might see it, uh, or um, or even a fan might see it. Not everybody's created the same. Yeah, We're, we all think differently, and that can freak them out a little bit if the coach is obsessed. I think.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah. Now, you, now, now, you talk like that. I'm definitely not obsessed. Um. I reckon part of my, as a player, and certainly in my early days as my, as a coach, um, I felt that was a, was a bit of a weakness at times because because you saw other blokes do who are like yeah that, and just think oh this we is know a, they are I know yeah. who you're talking about then so I, I I I take it really like this responsibility is I, I really take that you know personally and um I'm I'm the head coach of a, a big organization so like as I said earlier we were supposed to win so don't get me wrong that not but I often – I had – as a player, I just – I don't know. I just felt like I was a bit of a survivor, really. I didn't – I probably didn't see myself – I saw myself as a bit of an average Joe, really, you know, lucky enough to play in good teams. And, but I don't think I really set myself high enough goals. And it's great now to be able to be a coach and look back on that and you can, you can say to these young guys, you know, hey, you know what, I didn't – I don't think I – I didn't reach high enough. I, I definitely didn't. And as a coach – a lot of the teams I coached, I never really felt were in a position to win it. So often you're just surviving. Um, that probably happens in business all the time. and I, I don't know. But I reckon there'd be plenty of businesses just go, just trying to get a day-to-day. I just well, – But the last couple of years, it's like I kind of ch- – I thought, you know what, this is – I actually got a really good influence from uh, a friend, a uh, guy I know, um, and he just said, man, you, you – your team shouldn't win. Your team should basically – why should you ever lose a game? We should only lose a couple of games. And I thought that's like, you know that was a really good – sort of light went on for me there and said, you know what, I think we need to just, we need to just reach a bit higher here and just – and that's you – no, know, it's not as simple as that, of course, but I feel like I've definitely – probably because I knew I had the team that could do it, but no one else thought we could do it. And same this year. Everyone thought, well, you know, we made the grand final last We're all young and it's going to be so hard to, you know, back it up. We've done it again. So, yeah, um, I reckon I've um, certainly not obsessed, but I've definitely gone just set the goals set the sights higher. Um, whereas before, I think probably I was, yeah, just, you know, always looking to try and do well as best we could, win stuff and that. But I, if I was honest with myself, it's probably more in a survival mode, which means what happens is you, something good happens. And then maybe just my nature is like you get a bit comfortable or, oh, thank God, you know, take a breath. Before you know it, you're back in the pack again and you're working your way back up. And I'm actually good at that when pressure's on and you've got to do something. I'm actually good at that. But I used to look at myself and, why can't I
1: get myself feel like that all the time? Like, get that. So, do you think you might be one of those people then who needs the pressure to be on them to actually perform well? Definitely. And
0: uh, yeah, as I said, like, you just think, wow, why can't you? you know, and I'm much more conscious of that now. So if we're going well, I'm like, come on, man, like don't don't you know, don't take it easy, don't you know, so I think I'm much more conscious of that. But I think it's probably a bit I think probably most people are a little bit like that. I don't know. I don't see I don't like you know, I was you know, when I was at the Roost, I started coaching under Ricky Ricky Stewart. And Ricky looks like a guy who just loves fighting people. Like he loves having totally. and, and that he gets that that's so if he's probably like feeling a
1: bit you Know comfortable or something, he's probably thinking, you know what, I better start a fight. Well, let's- yeah, I know, I need, I, I, yeah, because he, he needs sort of um disturbance in front of him. Yeah, he's best. I and I, but I'm not, I'm not like that at all. I, I you know, I'm, I'm not looking for to fight anyway. I'm not, you
0: know, um, but I think one of the things that's worked a bit, we're going back again, back to the to the Panthers community and that little chip on your shoulder type thing and inferior sort of stuff. That's like. That's a bit of a little thing that works for us, you know. Like, and and, I, and I've kind of immersed myself in that. It's like, um, yeah, so it's, it's going to. Yeah, i have out. It's going to be challenged now.
1: We you know we've actually won it. So, well,
0: yeah, the next how, how am I going to go now? Well, yeah. I was going to say the next
1: challenge. Can you do it twice? I mean, that's 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 going to be the next challenge. I mean, that's and that's rarely gets done, as you know. For me, that, that I couldn't believe how good that game was. That to I me, mean, that was that was the grand final. I got a bit worried. You guys might have played your grand final against <laughs> Melbourne, and uh, you know, South having the week off, etc. They were, they, my gut feeling is they might have been a bit fresher, um, a bit more fresh. But, um, but that Mel- somehow you got over the top of Melbourne. You just – it looked like – I don't know whether it was a strategy or not, but it looked like you went out there to, to upset Melbourne. It looked like you went out there to not play the way they play, to do something different um, and to be – sort of have them confused. That's how Melbourne looked to me. And I, I have to say Bellamy – Looked a bit that way too. Like I was watching him, like they kept turning him to the box. It looked as though he, he looked like he was getting frustrated, like Melbourne were. Did, was that a part of your strategy? Yeah. Well, I, I,
0: Melbourne Storm. I mean, yeah, they are just the. Since I've been coaching for fifteen years, and that's just the first year I coached. That's when they just started. I think they made their first grand final. Oh, sorry, under under Craig, that year, and they've since that, and they've just been. The only team that's that whole period, yeah, they've been one of the benchmarks. You know, yep. the Brewsters, of Manly, Broncos in and out. They've sort of had really good strong periods, but these guys have been there the whole time. Yeah, so it's like every time you play Melbourne, it doesn't matter where it is, what you know, what time of year it is, if they got Origin guys in and out, full strength, under strength, whatever. <laughs> it's just the hardest game, <laughs> and yeah. When you play a team like that, you, you just have to, without going into detail, you have to try and, yeah, get them off their game somehow. Like it doesn't, yeah, any sport, any you know, whether it's a one-on-one thing or a team thing, or you're playing someone really good. Like if, you, if you're playing against Roger Federer or something in tennis, like imagine a guy's, I don't know, he's ranked 50 in the world and he's playing Roger Federer. What, is he just going to, you know, feed him what he's good at? No, he's got yeah. to come up with something. It <laughs> doesn't always work, you know, yep. but that's going to, yeah. Against, yeah, the, the Melbourne thing was like they were just steamrolling everyone. Mm. They, they just, their, their season this year was just phenomenal. Unbelievable. You know, it's just like, hey, you know. But they start well every week. And sometimes, sometimes a lot of teams are beaten before they get there. Yeah. And other teams are beaten in the first 20 minutes. So like, we just can't that, can't, that can't happen. You know, it's a long time after 20 minutes, 60 minutes, but yeah, we've got to start well. And fortunately, we did. So. And you you held
1: and you held them, I mean, they look like they're getting really frustrated towards the end. they are so hard to beat but they <laughs> well you beat them and uh and as I said i mean i I just think I mean I'm so happy that you're here, and I think that it's just a, an amazing must be, have been an amazing experience for you, your family, your club, your team, your team members and and probably the whole of penrith I mean what you did uh, give and overlay that with the fact that you're all up in Queensland, you had the whole COVID environment sort of was, was sitting over the top of everybody, and including your club, your players, your fans, and you brought it home. And like for me, and I'm not even a Penrith, I'm not a Penrith, you know, supporter. I'm, I'm a Rooster supporter, but I think other clubs really love the fact that Penrith won. And it's nothing. Well, South, so I should, I can't, I can't say it's nothing against South or or I'm Melbourne. But I'm, I'm a Rooster supporter, so I have to say <laughs> it's something against South, but. Um, but generally speaking, um, I was very happy to see Penrith win. It's a Sydney club, but it's a, a club in Sydney who deserved the, the trophy. And I think a lot of people in Sydney felt that way. And mate, you brought it home along with your players and your coaching staff. So well done. Thanks very much, Ivan Cleary. Thank you, Mark. Very humbled by those kind words. Thanks, mate. It's great, Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening to another episode of Straight Talk with Mark Boris. Audio and production is by Jessica Smalley. Production assistant Jonathan Leondis. This is a mentored podcast.